Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. It's official, folks. It's a, a TCK takeover the Fantasy Focus YouTube channel. The original duo, back at it again. It's me, Bobby Lamarco, your host for episode 532 of the Candlestick Kids Fantasy Football Podcast. But if you're watching on the Fantasy Focus side, we appreciate you guys all year long watching all our videos on there as well. And I'm just, I'm joined by the way, typical host, but he decided, let the, let the kid do all the work today. My co-host for today, Sky, what's going on, buddy? Week 18, Bob. I, I felt like eventually we got we got to get everybody else, you know, next man up kind of a vibes. You notice the different background today. I'm down in California with the folks. Had to switch it up a little bit. I'm happy to run in the co-host seat. Let's have some fun. We got a lot to cover for those still in playoff contention. Yeah, today we're going to be talking about some of the playoff scenarios for the NFC and AFC. Some teams that have a lot to play for, um, but it's also important for week 18 players to know which teams have something to play for. Um, you don't want to fall into the trap of a team playing their players like the Bills did last year for a half, even though they went off for like 50 points in the first half. <laughs> but the Packers, the Bengals, there's other teams that are kind of pa- bypassing this week for the playoffs. Uh, so we want to make sure we talk through that. Then we're going to talk some starts and streamers, going to give you some few names that were high on this week and to kind of dive into all those as well. Um, defense streamers and also Sky. I, I didn't talk about this off air yet, but I want to tell you this. I actually did. Week, week 18, I did all the player incentives. I am writing an article for Rasball this week. I have found out every single player that has a player okay. incentive bonus. And we'll, maybe we could run through those if we have enough time, but I'll be dropping an article later this week about that too. Um, so there's some guys like, let's, all I can tell you is whatever the prop is for Gronk, pay for it. Get the Seven, over. <laughs> seven receptions, folks. Seven receptions. He's getting peppered, guaranteed. Gronk is in my DFS lineup, absolutely. Oh, yeah. I can't wait to see what the player props are for him, too. Uh, you know, because he's got incentive for touchdowns, receiving yards, all within a decent Diggs is another so. one. Like Diggs is six catches, I think. He's another one. Yeah. That's a lock as well. I love that you're doing that. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So I got those. Uh, we'll talk about maybe a later time. But, yeah. So we're going to talk through that first. But before we do, I want to make sure everyone's following us across the board. Obviously, hey, good speech. What's going on, man? Um so, obviously, we're going to be talking through uh, Week 18 and obviously go through that. But before you do, make sure you're following us across the board. If you're following us on the YouTube side, make sure you're checking us out on the audio side. If you can't watch the video, check us out on the Candlestick Kids Fantasy Football Podcast on all your streaming platforms where you get your podcasts. We're also on TikTok. We're also on Instagram. We're also on Facebook, all across the board. Uh, follow us everywhere, Sky Gawasco on Twitter, myself at Bobby Lamarco. we got Jordan Della Valley, the Fantasy Focus guys. you got Buck. Make sure you're following us throughout the year because, listen, offseason isn't just the offseason for us. We're going to be diving into 2020 uh, 2021 review, talking about all the ups and downs, ADP guys, all that stuff. So stay with us throughout the year. We're not going anywhere. We might not be on as much as we were for the season, but we're definitely going to be around. So before we do that, I want to take a quick commercial break for one of our sponsors because our first segment, the playoff scenarios, is going to be brought to you by BetOnline AG. We'll be back right after this. Bet online is back and better than ever. A new web interface for the rest of the NFL season and the NBA season. More props, odds, and lines than ever before. Bet online remains the number one spot for all football and basketball action this season. Make sure to head over to the new updated desktop or mobile website and sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. 
Just use the promo code believe 50. That's B L E A V five zero believe 50 to receive your bonus from football to basketball, to NHL, to boxing, to UFC, right to your favorite Vegas casino games. Don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for the rest of the 2021 seasons. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet all your favorite sports. Bet online, where the game starts. All right, Scott, we're going to talk first about, I think it's important. If you play week 18, first of all, we're, we're, I'm not going to hold it back. Do not play in the last week of fantasy. Guys, don't do it anymore. If you could end your playoffs the week prior, please do so. <laughs> week 18 is a pain in the ass. You don't want to be dealing with this stuff anymore. Um, so if you are in a league that plays in week 18, we're here for you. We're going to talk through some starts and streamers. But we also think it's important to talk about the playoff scenarios, which teams have a lot to play for, which teams are fighting for that playoff position. Now, that doesn't mean the teams that are out are going to completely throw in the red flag. I mean, DeAndre Swift is going to suit up. Jared Goff is looking like he's going to be back. So there's teams like Detroit that like have Dan Campbell who's going to fight tooth and nail for that extra victory. So just because they're out doesn't mean they're not going to be full bore. But we just want to highlight some of the playoff scenarios Maybe some teams that you want to avoid potentially. But before we even do that, Scott, quick question. Which game are you looking forward to the most uh, in the scenarios that we lay out uh, for the upcoming Week 18? Well, I'm going to be a little biased here, Bob. I'll go right to San Francisco and, and Los Angeles Rams. The Niners win and get in. The Rams are already in, but it's what place are they going to be. They've taken over since the Cardinals have fallen down in the last couple of weeks. 49ers beat them up big time last time that they played over 20 touches for Eli Mitchell. I think the Niners can do it again. I really do, but they got Trey Lance instead of Jimmy. So I'm really, I mean, I'll be biased with that one. So I'll stick with that one. Um, but there's a lot of great ones. Like, look, is Derrick Henry going to play this week for the Titans, the number one seed? They don't feel like a number one seed, but they're at the top. So it'll be interesting there in the AFC too. Yeah, and the other thing too is outside of the Green Bay Packers on the NFC side, there's still a lot of movement that could happen um, I don't know how much a team values the two versus the three C necessarily now that there's only one team that has a buy, but let's just run through this. Of course, the Rams, you just brought up that Rams San Francisco game is really good because they're both playing at the four o'clock window. So that's at least, we know that it's not going to be like a thing where they already know in the one o'clock window, if one of those teams wins. So the good news, is the Rams are playing at four. So are the, the 49ers this week. Now, if the Rams win, of course they're in. We already know they already clinched the AFC title. But the other thing with the San Francisco 49ers also playing at 4 o'clock as well, um, and the Arizona Cardinals, all these teams are playing around the same time at 4 o'clock. So the good news is when you look at that, you're not really stressing too much about your players because they're not – they might be scoreboard watching a little bit in the sense that like, they're going to say, all right, well, how's the other team doing? But it's not going to be one of those scenarios like, like Saturday night, for example, Kansas City's playing on Saturday. We're already going to know before Sunday starts where they fall. Um, if they win, they put a lot of pressure on Tennessee to make sure they win in their scenario, which we'll talk about in a second. Now, the one team that is out on the outside looking in is the New Orleans Saints. Um, Taysom Hill and company has a lot to play for. They're playing in the 4 o'clock window as well. Um, they will need a San Francisco loss. So if San Francisco loses, the good news is we're not going to know. They're all playing. I think the NFL, for the one time they do scheduling well is week 18 because mm -hmm. now all these teams are playing here. But uh, based on your thoughts, Scott, do you think your 49ers get in uh, in that last seed? Yeah, again, I mean, the Niners got to beat a great Rams team. They've done it before. I think they can do it again. The Saints need to win and get a 49ers loss, but they're playing the Falcons, man. It's divisional. We'll see. The Falcons will probably make it competitive. Love Alvin Kamara in this game, though. Taysom Hill's a nice streamer. 
We'll get to those in a little bit. But I do like my fantasy players on the Saints, mainly in this game. And I love all my Niners because those guys have to go 100%, right? The Rams might throttle back. The Cardinals could throttle back because they're already in there. The 49ers and Saints have to go 100% to win to get in. So I'm playing all my guys on that team. Yeah, I think the tough question comes for the Rams because if right now it's what San Francisco and then you have Philadelphia who's seven, but they're already in, which you know, all weird, whatever yeah, how that be, works. They'll out. be six. Yeah. They'll be yeah. if the Niners win, Philly is seven. If the Niners lose and the Saints get in, then they would be six. Uh yeah, it's a mess. But the Eagles are in. The other thing I would say is the Rams probably wouldn't want to play the 49ers in the playoffs, <laughs> but they're not going to be able to know what's going on until mm-hmm everything plays out. So that's the unfortunate thing for them. So um, I personally think the Rams would not want to play the 49ers, but it could well, be the scenario the next week. So Bob, it's interesting. Cause you have, you see these scenarios sometimes in the NFL, the Cowboys and the Eagles, right. Could end up playing each other twice in the next couple of weeks with playoffs, the Rams and the Niners or the Ram or the Cardinals and the Niners could end up playing each other twice in the next couple of weeks. So sometimes, man, you get like literally back to back matchups with these teams in division So do you want to play all your cards? Do you want to sit some guys? How does it work out there? That'll be interesting. Yeah. Well, I think the other thing, too, is the NFCs are, like, a lot less. The AFC still got so much going on. It's insane. Like, the Tennessee Titans, I could just – I'm going to read through this. The Tennessee Titans are – they win. They're the number one seed. So, I mean, talk about a team that has a lot to play for. They're playing at 1 o'clock. They can't even – even if Kansas City loses, they could still lose the number one seed to teams like Cincinnati. So Mm – and the Patriots – so it's not like the Tennessee Titans can really sit back on their Titans laurels. have to win. They have to yeah, win. Yeah, 100%. So the other question comes, though, do they rush Henry back for this week um, to get him a full workload? It doesn't sound like he's going to be ready for that, and, and it doesn't sound like it's smart. Um, they've been winning ugly, uh, so it sounds like they could they could pull off another win this week. But at the same time, what's your thoughts on the Titans playing the Texans, who are kind of scrappy, uh, but I think they should be able to handle business without Derek. Henry. what's your thoughts? I totally agree. I think it'll be competitive. The, the Texans have been playing much better than anybody this season thought they would. So have the Lions, both bad teams, but they've been competitive each week. I think the Titans win the game without Derrick Henry and know they do not bring him back. Deonta Foreman has been playing very, very well lately and basically played Derrick Henry last week. Look, huge for the Titans, man. They get that number one seed and home field advantage. Obviously, that's great. The bye week for the Titans is massive to give King Henry this week and next week to recover and come into the playoffs full head of steam at home. Titans have to win this game. Yeah, the two seed, of course, Casey's playing on Saturday. They're playing the Denver Broncos. The Broncos are going to be down some key pieces, including Teddy Bridgewater. They're going to be also down some of their key outside cornerbacks as well. So I think Kansas City handles business. It puts that pressure on Tennessee, especially – But even if Kansas City falters, they still need to win because Cincinnati, of course, can still win the number one. But it doesn't sound like Cincinnati's going for it. They're sitting Burrow. Mixon's on COVID. It doesn't make a lot of sense to throw out Chase and company if Burrow's not going to be out there. So I'll be interested to see what happens there. But then New England, of all teams, which is like they are like that the mosquito that won't go away. One year off, they're already right back into it. They could potentially take over that one seed. But if Cincinnati wins, they need Kansas City to lose and they need Tennessee to lose. But they also control their own destiny if they actually get a win in those team two. So then it's New New England, and they could technically take over that one seed if there is a um, loss by Tennessee, a loss by Kansas City, and Buffalo loses. So Buffalo needs to lose anyway, even though they control ahead of Buffalo. That's why these whole playoff scenarios, in my opinion, are 
crazy to talk about, but what the important thing is, you know, New England's going to go out there and play. So what's your thoughts on the Patriots this week? Is there any guys that stand out to you? Yeah, honestly, I mean, Damian Harris, I think if, he, if he's active, you play him. But last week I played him in my championship. He had two early touchdowns and they sat him because they were blowing him out. and They want to keep him healthy. If they're doing the same thing, Ramondre Stevenson's that guy. I'm okay to play Ramondre Stevenson. Jacoby Myers and everybody else, even Mac Jones, unless it's super flex, I don't want to play anybody else on the Patriots. But I will say for NFL terms, Bobby, the teams that are dangerous are the great defenses and great coaches. And the Patriots have that. Mac Jones is good enough not to be bad. He's not making mistakes. We saw that, and they're good enough on offense. They shut people down on defense, and they have the best coaching in the NFL as a unit. Look, the Patriots get in, man. The AFC's in trouble. Yeah. I apologize. I misspoke. Buffalo is in the driver's seat. Buffalo can technically take – they actually cannot win the one seed, but they can still clinch the AFC East with a win. So not unsure how that all works out, but – New England still has a shot at the first round bye, but Buffalo doesn't. I don't know. It's just the way it's set on here, but whatever. But jumping down to the Colts, Colts are obviously another team who wouldn't get in, playing a great matchup against Jacksonville. You got to love that for JT. I'm going to talk about Carson Wentz a little bit too that I really like this week. Um, But the Colts are another team that have to win again, but they're hot too. The other great thing about the Colts is they're on a hot streak. They won a lot of games to get into this position. Now they're winning, get in. Thoughts? I obviously JT's a slam dunk, but is there any other uh, players in this matchup that you really like for uh, fantasy purposes? I'm okay with Michael Pittman. I mean, I just don't see the Jags putting up much of a fight. They got embarrassed last week against the Patriots. Colts, I think, are a similar team. Jonathan Taylor's 266 yards away from 2,000. Now that's a lot to get. He hasn't been over 200 in any game this year, but they might try to get it to him. I wouldn't imagine. Mm. I would be shocked if they don't give him 25 carries in this game just because and soak up that win. Um, Michael Pittman, I'm okay with. Everybody else, though, I'm going to back off. You'll talk about wins later. I'll let you do that. Um, The Colts have a very unique situation, though, and I think you'll bring up the Raiders and Chargers, but I'll skip ahead here really quick. If the Colts lose, the Raiders and Chargers play Sunday Night Football, it's actually in the best interest of both teams to tie because if they don't lose, both of those teams make the playoffs. So it's ridiculous to say, but if the yeah. Colts lose to the Jags, the Raiders and Chargers are actually in their best interest to tie the game. I can't imagine they'll do it on purpose, but both teams would make it if they did. Yeah, and, you know, I don't – the the Chargers-Vegas game, I mean, listen, if you got to give kudos to, to the Vegas Raiders. I mean, the, I mean, how much crap have they gone through this show. year to be in Absolutely. this point? Yeah. To win and, in, and win and basically, well, they have to win – uh, and they get in and they take over. So, I mean, that's that's amazing in my opinion that they have a shot to beat the Chargers this year, this week and make the playoffs. But I'm assuming you're rolling with Herbert. The Chargers, oh, yeah. it's it's funny because neither team has bred a lot of confidence when it comes to being clutch in the playoff scenario. Chargers have been letting us down for the last few years. Raiders have not gotten over the hump in a while. So it's like someone's going to finally break through, which is nice. I think the Chargers are obviously the favorite. But listen – Get Derek Carr some better weapons, and we're talking some serious stuff here. I think Darren Waller, people forget Waller's been out for the last month or so, and he's making Hunter Renfro look like a pro bowler out there, and Zay Jones is reborn catching passes. So i got to give a lot of kudos to the Vegas Raiders. That should be a fun game. But the team, obviously there's a couple teams on the outside looking in, the Pittsburgh Steelers and the Baltimore Ravens. Now, they still both have shots at getting in. Um if there's a team that you think has a better shot, which one do you think? Which one would you rather see in the playoffs, Ravens or Steelers? 
Let's see. C as a fan, like watch play Ravens for sure. If I'm an if I'm another NFL team, which team would I want to face? It's yeah. the Pittsburgh Steelers for sure. Um, they had a nice gutty performance for Big Ben. The Browns are a fucking mess. I can't believe the Browns laid an egg the way that they didn't. Honestly, I think Baker completely ruined his chance of getting paid, but we'll throw that out there another time. I think the Ravens, especially with Lamar back, I don't think he comes back this week, but if he does or if they make it in and he comes back in, they'll be fine. Look, Bob, they've lost like six games down the stretch here by a field goal or less because of coaching decisions or time management or going for two versus kicking it. But they're losing to like the best teams in the NFL. The Ravens are like a couple plays away with the worst secondary in the NFL, a bad running back, in my opinion, and a third string quarterback. They're going to be fine if they get in. And I do think they beat the Steelers. Yeah. And the fun thing, too, is Lamar doesn't look like he's coming back this no. week. It's He's not going to be it. But Tyler Huntley, man, it's like this guy looks like he. We, he's little Lamar. Yeah, I don't even know if he's little Lamar. He throws. He's been thrown out of his mind. Uh, I just think that he's he's a guy that I would love to see as a starting quarterback Me in too. this league uh, for long term. Um, but yeah, the Baker situation, in my opinion, he's not talented enough to also make up for the fact that he has Jarvis Landry and then a bunch of other guys. But tight ends are okay, but they they have talent. But he's not good enough to then overcompensate for a banged up shoulder. They should have sat him down, let Case Keenum come in. Keenum could have been just you as mean, good. You mean Nick Mullins, he, right? Well, yeah, of course. San, San Francisco God right there, uh, Nick Mullins. Nick Mullins, man, he's like the best backup ever you could have. So the Browns, I don't even know how they got him as a third Come trigger. on, Browns. But, anyway, um, but Case Keenum could have definitely done a bit better than, than what we I saw agree. out of Baker over the last few weeks, especially because he knows the Kevin Stefanski offense from his time in Minnesota. It's just stupid. But anyway, I digress. We're not here to talk about Baker Mayfield. Offseason, we'll have a Baker Mayfield rant, of course. But that's pretty much our playoff scenarios. I personally think that it's going to kind of be chalk. I think the Colts are going to do their thing, get in. That's call it a day. But the Sunday night football game, I'm actually going to go. I'm going to go Chargers with you with that one too. But I, I just, I don't know. I just, I actually am hoping the Raiders get in because I like Derek Carr. Um, but if they get into the playoffs. Do they keep the coaching staff? Like, do yeah. they keep these guys? Like, that's. I, I think they would. They would take a harder look. I think the problem is Bob, though. And again, we're going to talk a lot of these offseasons. We're jumping ahead a little bit here, but I think Marcus moves on. Mariota, in my opinion, needs another opportunity to start somewhere else, and Derek Carr may move on also, um, unless they pay him or give him a franchise tag or something. Because I think he wants to be a Raider. He went to Fresno State down the street. Like he's a Bay Area kid. He wants to be there, but. Um, there's a lot of other moves there, and he needs some help. So we'll oh, see. Yeah. We'll see what happens there. But um, I think the Raiders are gonna have a big, big change up anyway. And look, man, let's see. I mean, the Raiders have played well, so hopefully, hopefully they'll be okay. I I just think they need one. The Henry Ruggs thing. They tried to bring mm-hmm. in a first round talent. It did not work. But they need an alpha, yep. like an Allen Robinson. If he's a, if he comes available, go get Allen Robinson. Not a bad one on that team. And I think him and Hunter Renfro with Darren Waller. Now we're talking some some stuff there. But that's pretty much our playoff preview. It should be an exciting week. There's a lot of things. And I like the Saturday football. I'm a big fan of Saturday football. I do like that too. So it should be a lot of fun. But I think from a fantasy standpoint, we do want to talk about some of the teams that might not be playing a lot. And that's the Packers, the Bengals, are two teams that stand out the most. Is there another team that you're kind of worried about 
um, that they might not be playing their starters much, much in these games. Um, again, a lot of it's kind of the scoreboard watch. It's going to be the second half uh, teams. Um, those are the two main ones because I think like they have come out and basically told us as a community that like they're going to be sitting like Devonte Adams straight up said, you know, I'm not going to play most of this game, maybe a series, maybe a half. Rogers is probably going to go out, throw two quick touchdowns to Adams, solidify the MVP and get the hell out of there. Like they need to be careful with this kind of stuff. You know, you don't want to be cute. They've got it locked up. You don't want to be cute and go out there and twist an ankle on a bad snap or do something stupid, running out of bounds. So I'm not playing any of my Bengals. I'm not playing any of the Packers. And I know it sucks because they got some studs, but I'm going to stick away from, from uh, those two teams in particular. So just to let you know, Aaron Rodgers has incentives. And here are the, here's some incentives. If he finishes top three in completion percentage, he gets an additional $100,000. Right now today, he's fourth. Okay? Ooh. So he's fourth in completion percentage at 68.6%. He's literally 0.4% behind Kyler Murray. So about six dump-offs? So I basically said if he goes 20 – well, if he plays like a half a game, he's going to have to complete about 76% of his passes to get up over Kyler Murray to move his needle enough. Um, so there's one. The other one, too, is touchdown passes. Now, this is key because he has to finish top three in the NFL. Today he sits third, tied with Justin Herbert. And he's not going to know Herbert until the end. Herbert's throwing three at least. Yes. So he's tied at 35. If Herbert out throws him, he loses that 100K incentive the last week. So those are some interesting. He's already got a couple like solidified like passing yards and all that stuff. But those are some notable ones. He also, in yards per attempt, um, it's not even sustainable though. He would have to pass Matthew Stafford. I wrote this down. He would have to throw like for 30 yards per attempt or something to catch up. But Overall, so Aaron Rodgers does have a little um, incentive to play a little bit in this game. So thought I'd just bring that up as well. I like it. Man. Right. The, the incentives matter. Um, they really oh, yeah. do. I mean, you remember last year, and we're not going to talk Antonio Brown here, but last year AB needed like nine catches or something like that, and, and Brady just peppered him at the end of the game to help him get it. We mentioned Gronk earlier. Oh. You know, there's another one there. So uh, the incentives do matter, and I'm, I'm glad you're bringing that out, and hopefully people will find your article before – uh, they can make those player props. Yeah, there's seven total I'll be writing about. But yeah, anyway, let's let's get into it. So after that, that was basically our playoff preview brought to you by Bet Online AG. Before we dive into our start sits, we're gonna take a quick commercial break for our one of our sponsors, Care Factor, which this statement's brought to you by we'll back Hey right TCK Potters and Fantasy Focus Community. Are you looking for options for hair loss? There are many options out there for treating it. However, most products treat the cause such as DHT, and don't do much to support the growth of new and stronger hair. It's like removing harmful weeds from your lawn, but not doing much to fertilize the grass. That's why the Fantasy Focus and TCK team has partnered with CaraFactor. CaraFactor saw this problem and focused their research on finding just the right combination of biosynthetic growth factors and an innovative delivery system to promote fuller, stronger-looking hair. So whether you're a listener who suffers from various forms of alopecia or even stress-related hair loss, 
The Care Factor treatment is the perfect scalp-friendly solution that can help and influence stronger and healthy hair throughout all stages of the hair life cycle. And now, exclusively for TCK listeners, use the promo code TCK at checkout to get 15% off all products at shop.mycarefactor.com. That's shop.mykerefactor.com. Carefactor, skincare for hair. All right, Sky, let's get into it. Let's talk a little bit about some starts and streamers. We, we, me and Buck, over the last few weeks when we were doing this, we decided to go positive. We started giving more starts and streamers. The sits were negative, but they definitely were helpful throughout the year. But we've turned our focus because we want to just give people as many starts and streamers as possible. So let's start at quarterback. We started – I got a couple names that I'll throw out here. You're going to give us your two cents on them, obviously. But first off is – Carson Wentz against the Jacksonville Jaguars. Now, I know that we worry because the Jags might not be able to do enough on offense to keep the game competitive to allow Carson Wentz to throw more. But the one thing I will say about the Jags is kind of the same thing. I said Mac Jones was one of my favorite streamers last week, and he went off because you can't bank on game flow all the time. And the Jacksonville Jaguars are the second highest run uh, pass funnel defense in my metric. So, they are much easier to throw against than run. They're about league average against the run in DVOA, and they're dead last in, in pass defense. And they're number one in points allowed over the last five weeks in my matchup metric, so adjusted fantasy points allowed. So I just – when I look at all that stuff and I and I need a – I need a, I want to bet on a guy who has to win their game. So I think Carson Wentz is a solid start in that matter. Any thoughts about Carson Wentz? Yeah, Carson Wentz, he just seems uh, hit or miss. And I know all streamers are. Um, but he, but look, if, if they go, my worry here, Bob, is even less about Jacksonville putting up a fight because I don't think, I just don't think they will. Uh, that Colts defense is very good. Jacksonville's offense is not. They're a mess. I think it's going to be one sided quickly. My problem is if, if the Colts get up by 10 points, it's going to be JT the rest of the game. I mentioned yeah. the 266 yards, and it could be JT forever, which means. We just we just don't need Carson Wentz. Now he might go 250 for a touchdown and and help the Colts win the game, but for fantasy, we're not looking for that in a championship. So honestly, the floor and the potential ceiling for me is a little too low for a streamer this week. Uh, but I think he's a viable option depending on who's available on your waivers, of course. Yeah. I'll throw I'll throw you a couple more and then you can kind of give me your thoughts about the rest sure. of these guys. Russell Wilson gets Arizona. I think Russell Wilson's starting to get a little bit going back again. Last week he found DK for three touchdowns. Um, and Arizona early on in the season was very strong against the pass. They have not been over the last five weeks. Fourth uh, fourth adjusted fantasy points allowed the quarterbacks. Derek Carr gets the Chargers. I, like I said before, I like to bet on these guys who have something to play for. Plus the Chargers defense has not been as opposing in the secondary over the second half of the season. Top five matchup in my QB adjusted points for allowed. You know Justin Herbert and company is going to put up points, and I think Derek Carr is going to be able to keep up. The final one is a deeper name. It's Jared Goff coming back. They're playing at home against a Packers team who might be sitting starters, uh, and they might be able to you know play against backups. And I think that Jared, Derek Carr, listen, I mean, um, Jared Goff has been serviceable over the second half of this year. Playing in the Dome at home, I do don't mind Jared Goff. If you're desperate, I doubt if you're in Week 18 you need a streamer. Um, maybe da- Jared Goff's a nice contrarian DFS play this week. Um, but your, any thoughts on these quarterbacks? Yeah, you, you might need a Jared Goff in the Superflex League too. Bob, I'd rate these four guys 
I'd rank him with Russ at the top significantly. That's actually he's one of my starts of the week this week anyway, and he happens to be a, a streaming person now because of what he's done the rest of the year. But I like Russ a lot against Arizona. Great historically. And uh, we'll talk about wide receivers later, but spoiler alert, love Tyler Lockett as well. Great uh, rapport against the Cardinals. And then I'm going to go Carson Wentz um, just ahead of of Derek Carr, I think, uh, because I like the pass rush for the Chargers. But then it's Derek Carr and, and Jared Goff. So I'm not looking at Jared Goff, but Russell Wilson is the one I'm looking at. Now, look, not throwing for 300 yards. Did throw the four touchdowns last week. Um, now, DK didn't really have a lot of yardage. He was just getting open in the red zone, which should have happened all season long. I don't know what the hell has been going on. Uh, but Russell Wilson, I think, look, you got to think NFL. We're th- talking incentives. We're talking playoffs. Seahawks out of the playoffs, okay? However, Russell Wilson might be leaving Seattle. Pete Carroll could be done in Seattle also. Russell Wilson might be playing for a contract either with the Seahawks or elsewhere. He's kind of like playing for himself. He's got a great career already, resume, but he wants to go out with a bang, I guarantee you. And if he can pull an upset this week to end the season here, I think it'd be huge. And he has played very well against the Cardinals. So Russell Wilson, by far, is my streamer of the week out of this group. If I'm the if I'm the Steelers or Broncos, the first call I'm making is Seattle. I'll say I, here's I agree, the first dude. round picks and just give me Russell Wilson now. Uh, here's a fun fact. Russell Wilson has an incentive to play for. If he gets 66% completion on the season, he makes a $250,000 incentive. Right now, today, he's at 65.2, right? So he would need to go 22 of 29, I projected, based on his current dropbacks per game, 75% completion rate. I don't know. I think he could do it. Uh, maybe he'll throw some shorter ones, some quick ones to DK or something. I don't know. But Maybe it's a Gerald Everett game, there. baby. Let's go. Yes, Gerald Everett. <laughs> he's, he's popped up a couple of times this year. I love it. Uh, let's jump back to running backs. And just to kind of run through, I know we wanted to talk about this too, uh, based on our stream our streamer quarterback. So Carson Wentz is on DK is 5,800. Uh, Jared Goff's 5,400. Derek Carr plays Sunday night. He's not on the slate, main one. Russell Wilson is actually only 6,300. Um, that's, that's about $1,500 less than guys like Aaron Rodgers and Tom Brady. So, you know, definitely some cheaper options if you're looking at DFS. Yeah. All right, let's jump out to running backs. My list, here's my short list of guys I really like. It's Devin Singletary against the Jets. Um, obviously, everybody in the world was on Rojo, and Rojo let us down because that's what fantasy football does in the championships. But Devin <laughs> Singletary gets those Jets this week, and this guy has been an absolute workhorse. Um, you know, I think that the Bills, if, it, if it's anything like last year, I think Buffalo will still have a lot to play for. They want to win the title. They need to actually go all in because if they lose, they could lose that that first round bo- uh, first round home game and actually fall out of that first top four uh, seed. So they have a lot to play for. They're playing the Jets. Devin Singletary I like a lot, especially because of the touches he's been getting. Next one is the Arizona running back situation. It's a little unclear. Edmonds and James Conner both kind of battling injuries. But they're facing a Seattle team that's very susceptible to pass-catching running backs, and I think both these guys can perform very well in the past game. So I do like them. If if Edmonds finally comes back to practice on Friday and they kind of leave Connor out again, we'll see how that plays out, but I like both those guys. One I'm a little less high on now because of the Teddy Bridgewater news is the Broncos RBs, but they are playing against a Kansas City team that has been a lot more susceptible to running backs than they are than any other position. And I do think that the Broncos running backs can get it done against Kansas City. Kansas City is going to have to play hard. They're going to have to put up points. Um, I am a little concerned because Drew Locke does not feature running backs in the passing game as much as Teddy B. But if you rode the uh, Broncos running backs so far, 
I do think they're going to be okay. And the final one is your boy, your favorite guy, Josh Jacobs, baby. Got to love some Josh Jacobs. Uh, playing it against the Chargers. Um, Chargers defense just against the ground. Can't find their footing. Um, and the Raiders, this game is going to be fun to watch. I think the Raiders are going to come to play. I think Josh Jacobs does what he does, falls in the end zone, and I like him a lot this week. Thoughts on these uh, starts? Yeah, I love a Josh Jacobs line. Probably what I'm thinking 18 carries, 42 yards, and two touchdowns. So can't wait. Yeah, it'll be 1.6 per carry and two scores, and he'll you know screw me in, in fantasy for not playing him. Um, I want to throw two other names on here, Bob. Ramondre Stevenson. I mentioned him earlier. I think he's just going to have a flyer with Damian Harris in or out because uh, I think the Patriots need Damian Harris for the playoffs. I think they might rest him more like they did last week. Also. Maybe my boy Kenny Gainwell, if you're super scraping or you're looking in DFS, Howard could be out, Scott could be out, Sanders is out. Kenny Gainwell might have more of an opportunity here. So those are some like deep, deep names. Of the list you have here, Singletary, Edmonds, Broncos, and Jacobs. Singletary has been the number one running back in PPR scoring over the last four games. Just ahead of your boy Rashad Penny. And Chase Edmonds, my only concern there is the injuries that you mentioned. He did not practice today, which is Thursday. We need him to practice Friday. Hopefully he will. If he doesn't, maybe James Conner pops up. Either way, I like both those guys, especially in PPR with Edmonds. I'm with you, man. You've been Melvin Gordon since since uh, he came to the Broncos. I've been Javante Williams since he was drafted to the Broncos. And now I don't want to touch either one of these guys right now. I just I can't trust the offense with Drew Locke. And the Chiefs, yes, they've been more susceptible, but I – I don't trust the game script. I think the, the the Chiefs could blow the Broncos out in three drives. It could be twenty-one nothing, and then the running backs are gonna be out of this game anyway. So I don't I don't really want to deal with that. And I gotta say, man, took me eighteen weeks and three years, but I think I would be okay with Josh Jacobs this year this week. Game on the line, season on the line. They're gonna ride through Josh Jacobs here. Um, again, I, I'm kind of being facetious with the stat line, but I think he gets twenty touches in this game. Nobody else, obviously, in the background there. So I like Josh Jacobs there, and the Chargers can't stop him. The only way to slow down Herbert is to keep him off the field. I think the Raiders try to do that. So Josh Jacobs is probably my number one guy. Um, and then Singletary is going to be the number two. But I know he's been great, but can we still trust it? The Jets are so bad against running backs, though. So for me, it's Jacobs and Singletary by a long shot. The other names I want to bring up, too, is Daryl Williams with CH out again. He's a solid play. And also Keyshawn Vaughn. Remember, Ronald Jones suffered an ankle injury. Leonard Fournette's on IR. Keyshawn Vaughn playing against Carolina Panthers, a team that's out of it. What about Le'Veon Bell? Le'Veon Bell, too. I mean, he's just in the mix. Uh, you got to bring him up. He's around. Yeah, no, it's it's true. Um, Yeah, let's see what the split was between those two last week. Uh, Last week, Keyshawn Vaughn, eight carries. Bell, three. And Keyshawn Vaughn saw two catches. Bell saw three. So, yep. yeah. And, so, you know, Bell's involved, but I think Vaughn would take the lead back. Role. And and a little a little crinkle here, though. Giovanni Bernard, if we remember Giovanni here from two months ago, Gio could be back. If he comes back in, he is Tom Brady's guy. He's the veteran he trusts. He could end up getting a bunch of dump downs as well there. So the Bucks are a mess, dude. So many – this week is an absolute mess. Don't play your championship in the final week of the season because of all these different scenarios. Bob and I are doing our best for you, but it's going to be a mess, man. I'm staying away from the Bucks. Yeah, it, based on their latest report, it looks like he's not going to return this week, but he okay. should be back for the playoffs. But, okay. yeah, good good call out there. All right, let's jump down to the wide receivers. I, I Literally my first name on the list is the Seattle wide receivers against Arizona. You know, I'll play it. those guys with confidence, Absolutely. 
Christian Kirk, I like a lot this week. Seattle is an absolute slot funnel defense with Neil DeAndre Hopkins. Kirk has been used a lot more. He's been down the field a lot more, and I like him a lot. However, I do have to bring this up. AJ, AJ Green. Green has yeah. some player incentives this week. Uh, AJ Green, receptions. He needs every every 10 receptions after he hit 50, he gets an incentive of $250,000. Okay, he just hit 50. If he gets 10 more receptions this week, he gets 60, he gets another 250. <laughs> However, receiving Pepper. yards, he gets 90, 900 yards receiving. Right now he's at 825, he gets another 250,000. So if he gets 10 receptions and 75 yards, he makes $500,000 this week. So I do think that uh, Hook I'm, him up, I'm, inter- I'm interested in the player prop for him this week as well, even though Seattle does have some nice perimeter corners. Uh, Russell Gage against New Orleans, uh, you know, the the Atlanta Falcons are, I mean, the New Orleans Saints are a slot funnel defense, but at the same time, um, they they have a lot to play for. Marshawn Lattimore seems like the type of player that he likes to rise up in big occasions, but I don't think he's going to shadow uh, Russell Gage, and I think Gage gets what he needs. He's been very good this year, too. Uh, very surprising, I'll admit. Uh, Jalen Waddle against uh, this week, I like a lot, too. Uh, Deontay Johnson, unfortunately, he, may not, he might not be with COVID. Darnell Mooney gets Minnesota. I like a lot this week. And Devonta Smith playing against Dallas. Um, you know, they let up a lot of a lot of yards. And Anthony Brown, one of their outside corners, will be out. So maybe he gets Trayvon Diggs. But Diggs allows a lot of big plays. Yeah. Uh, so maybe Smith could break off a few long ones. So those are come, some of my wide receiver starts I like this week. Yeah, it's a great list, man. And and look, if, you're play, if these guys are streamers, you're able to pick them up. This is a great list here. Look, of the Seattle wide receivers, I agree with you. Both of them are nice starts. I'm leaning Tyler Lockett in this one, though, man. Last couple of years, it's been Lockett and Russ, for the most time anyway, but especially against the Cardinals. We remember last year, 200 yards, three touchdowns, 20 targets in that game. And look, like again, think about this in NFL terms. DK just scored three touchdowns last week. Lockett had one also, but DK was the big name, right? Publicity and all that shit. The Cardinals are going to come out and be like, yo, we need to shut down the horse, right? And maybe Lockett slips through and Russ is coming back. He's playing better. Lockett down the field only takes one play. Could be five or six. I love Tyler Lockett this week here. Christian Kirk, because of the A.J. Green stuff, I am fading him a little bit. And again, Christian Kirk is great. And I think the Cardinals play well against Seattle. But A.J. Green could get peppered just because. So I'm a little bit concerned about that. Russell Gage, unfortunately, I'm not loving him in that Atlanta offense this week. Jalen Waddle to me is an auto start, frankly. Um, JC Jackson's probably going to get him, but I, I still love Jalen Waddle. He had 60 yards and a touchdown in his NFL debut, which was against the Patriots early in the season. So I like Jalen Waddle no matter what. Deontay probably out, as you mentioned. Mooney and Devontae Smith probably are at the bottom of this list here. I like them long term. I love them as players, but in their particular situation, I like the guys ahead of them. So for me, my top three is going to be Lockett by a long shot, Jalen Waddle, and then. I'd probably go with Devonta Smith, maybe number three, um, or Christian Kirk. If I just knew AJ Green was going to be old AJ Green, but we just don't know. Yeah, we also have a good one here. Sal Grayson, <clears throat> he was been performing very well. Now AB's out, uh, he's done, and Grayson's been very good the last week. He played very well. So Tyler um, Johnson def- also. Tyler Johnson for the Bucks too has been picking it up also. So yeah, Grayson's Keep played. Yeah, I think the other thing, too, is uh, Stefan Gilmore will be out of this game. He's on the COVID list right now, so that's another bump for that page, uh, for Mike Evans and company, so I do like that a lot. Um, 
And then another name too is what do we feel about Chase Claypool if Deontay Johnson is out? Are we buying him this last game? Dude, I just look, man, Ray Ray McLeod, all right, that nobody knows about. Okay, Ray Ray McLeod had more targets and more yardage than Chase Claypool last week. Honestly, I, I since Juju went out, Ray Ray, Ray and, and James Washington seem to be more consistent, which isn't even anything, than Chase Claypool. So if Deontay Johnson's out also, first of all, if Deontay's out, I think Big Ben is absolute trash. Like that's his number one, two, and three. <laughs> so I think that I think they're yeah. in serious trouble with Najee and, and Fryermuth only. But actually, man, I would go Ray Ray McLeod, believe it or not, over Chase Claypool. So yes, he's always good for a, a big play. He's a big time threat, whatever, but we haven't seen it this year. Maybe with Deontay out, but I just I'm not comfortable with, with Chase Claypool in my final. All right. Talk about some tight end starts. My first one's Dalton Schultz, obviously playing those Eagles. I got to love that matchup. But the other thing with Schultz is that there is no Gallup. And we saw that earlier mm-hmm. in the year when he was missing a player. Schultz really comes, shines through. Mm-hmm. Zach Ertz playing in Seattle. Seattle's neck and neck with Philadelphia is one of the worst defenses mm-hmm. against tight ends. Um, so I like Zach Ertz a lot. And he's been like out there running a bunch of routes over the last few weeks. Dawson Knox playing against the Jets. Those ones always get – he did let us down last week, but the snow game, you know, whatever. Allen didn't have to throw that much. Last one's Pat Firemuth against the Baltimore Ravens. Um, I like Firemuth. Last week I kind of told – you know, I've been watching Firemuth closely because I have him in a couple leagues. He just has this weird usage where um, it's dump-offs it, with a two-minute warning. Uh, when they're playing for the half, they dump it off to him two or three times to get down the field. Uh, and then he doesn't see anything until they get in the red zone, and then it's a crapshoot. Uh, so it's very, very sketchy. But if there is no Deontay Johnson, I do think a couple more go his way. So those are some of the some of the tight end starts I like this week. Yeah, I like it. And actually, I'm gonna I'm gonna boast up um, Pat Fryermuth a little bit more, man. If no Deontay Johnson out there, Pat Fryermuth could see ten targets in this game realistically, eight catches, maybe 50, 60 yards, but maybe a hundred. And he could have a couple of touchdowns if they can move the ball at all. Because if Deontay's out, Pat Fryermuth is going to be that main target for Big Ben. And we know Big Ben can't throw very far right now. So I think Pat Fryermuth actually is a pretty nice play. Dawson Knox with the goose egg last year, but I like him back against the Jets. I'll take Dalton Schultz, though, as my number one all day long. Man, you mentioned it when Gallup's out, CD's out, Amari's been out all season long. That number three becomes Dalton Schultz. Dak peppers him. And I like it a lot, right? Zeke's not Zeke right now. I think Pollard's going to get more work. CeeDee Lamb only had three catches last week. Um, I like Dalton Schultz a lot, so he's going to be my number one. I'll throw a deep name down there for you, Bob. If you're really scraping the barrel or looking for a free DFS play, John Bates, the third string tight end for the Washington football team. Of course, unfortunately, we've lost two tight ends there. Logan Thomas and Ricky Seals-Jones out for the season. John Bates played pretty well last week. I think they pepper him again this week for the Washington football team. So if you're really scraping or want a free square there in DFS, that could be a name to look at as well. Okay. I like it. All right, let's talk some defense and kickers. Um, I wrote down a couple names. I like the Vikings against Chicago. Justin Fields is on COVID now. Uh, you could be dealing with the Andy Dalton slash Nick Foles, whatever the situation is. Yeah, exactly. Um <laughs> But the Vikings can get after the quarterback. I mean, they're they're one of the crazy best defenses getting uh, sacks in the league. Colts obviously against Jacksonville, um, and then the Chiefs and against Denver with Drew Locke. I, those are some of the defenses I've identified that aren't like ninety percent owned, 
Um, most of these are two-thirds. The Vikings are actually less than 50% in some formats, so I do like them a lot. Is there any other defenses that kind of stand out to you? Not to uh, bag on your Giants. You've had a tough enough year already, Bob, but how about the Washington football team who's played a little bit better? They can get off to the quarterback also. Now we have Jake Fromm coming in here. They got destroyed last week. The Chicago Bears DST pretty much single-handedly beat me in a championship last week because they had 21 fantasy points. What was it, six turnovers or something, seven sacks, something <clears throat> stupid. Um, I don't want to harp too much on a rough season for your Giants, but they're terrible on offense right now. They have no weapons. I don't trust Saquon. What about the Washington football team? Vastly available right now. They were supposed to be top three DST and fantasy coming in. Haven't been obviously lost Chase Young early. How do you feel about them? Glennon is the most fantasy friendly quarterback <laughs> ever. Like I, so there's certain things I was thinking about this. I was lying awake because I'm a psychopath one night and I was thinking about backup quarterbacks and how I would rate them. Um, they're the worst backup quarterback is the one that actually loses you the game. And that's what Mike Glennon does. Like Mike Glennon, like there's backup quarterbacks that you can win in spite of there's backup quarterbacks that don't are neutral and they don't do anything really. And, that's what Jake Fromm, in my opinion, is going to do. They're not going to trust Jake Fromm enough to do anything. And we saw this with like Garrett uh, Garrett uh, Gilbert, whatever his name yep. is, for the Washington football team. Like very conservative, doesn't take stacks, gets the ball out of his hand. Like those don't lead to big fantasy days. You know what leads to big fantasy days? Mike Lennon, when he's out there just throwing interceptions like crazy and you know pick sixes because they have more confidence in a veteran backup who's just terrible at making decisions. So if I'm if I'm watching football team and I have them in DFS or in fantasy week 18, I want Mike Glennon out there because Jake Fromm, I think they'll coddle him. Remember, a couple weeks ago, and this still haunts me because I picked the Chiefs defense over the Eagles in my semifinal matchup. And I said to myself, I know Jake Fromm is going to be in there and he doesn't, he throws one interception, but they don't do anything all game. Sure enough, Mike Glennon comes in, pick six. And then they get a big week. And I'm like, if I knew Mike Lennon was going in there, I would have played him all the week. So I like it. I'm okay with it. Absolutely. Some kickers that I, I wanted to throw out here too, if you need them. Uh, Michael Badgley against Jacksonville. Uh, Randy Bullock against Houston. And Greg Joseph against Chicago are some of the lesser owned kickers that I really like this week. But those are pretty much all our starts and streamers. Is there somebody you kind of want to talk about really quick? We haven't brought up anybody that potentially is out. Anything you're looking at that you want to talk, tell the people about before we go. Yeah, we, we, we have a couple uh, couple comments in the comment section I want to get to here before we sign uh, off as well. Uh, but I think we've we've listed all the players, man. It, it's a nuthouse. This week is crazy. We'll see it. You've done a great job rallying all the, the COVID, the incentive stuff. Like, it's Thursday, man. A lot's going to drop tomorrow on Friday. A lot more is on Saturday. Then we got Sunday. It's going to be crazy. So just enjoy it. We've mentioned all the players. I will say this, though. Every single week this is true, but especially this time of year and in the playoffs – if you play DSTs and you play kickers, I want my DST at home. I want that team favored by Vegas, right? And I want them playing a not incredible offense. That's my DST. For kickers, I want my kickers indoors. I don't care if they're home or away. I want them indoors unless they're Justin Tucker, basically, right? So these three that we've listed are playing inside. This time of year, I want my kicker inside because they don't have the wind elements, the snow, the rain. So it's a great call. And then look, the highest implied point total between these two plays playing each other, that's a great incentive also for kickers. Bob has done a fantastic job giving you kicking, streaming options all season long. we got one more week to get it done. Make sure you stream your kickers and DSCs. Like I just said, 21 points by the Chicago Bears last week. 
single-handedly beat me in a championship. You never know what you're going to get from a DST. Play the matchups. All right, let's talk. Let's see. I mean, it's basically Beach. Beach is asking us a bunch of questions, so let's see if we can get to a couple of these. Um, this one's for you, Sky. Do you like Joe Mixon as a number one draft pick next year? Are you drafting him in the top 12 in 2022? All right, Beach, here's what I'll tell you. Number one pick, absolutely not. Number one running back, absolutely not. Top 12 overall, like first round pick, possibly. Let's see what the Bengals do when they come back, if they bolster that offensive line get a better defense. I want to see what happens overall. I like what Joe Mixon did last year. I've been a fan for a long time. We'll see what happens, but he is not going to be my number one anything. He will be a top 12 running back, but let's let's see what happens. But probably back of the first round, maybe mid-second rounder. Yeah, I think outside of the top five where it's – it's and I, I mean, it depends on how confident you are in CMC again, yeah. but really it's JT, CMC, Derrick Henry, Dalvin Cook, Austin Eckler. In my opinion, the top five is solidified. Um, and I actually might believe, I actually, in my opinion, before anything happens, uh, early indication is I want that fifth pick because I would love to get one of those elite five. And then on the back end, I can get a mid second round pick or something. So, uh, but Mixon is, is after those guys, listen, Mixon was 16.8 points per game and half point PPR this season. That's number four in points per game in that format. Uh, you know, that that's pretty good, but he, lacks some of the elite upside of those Ecklers of the world because of his receiving role, but he's also very boomer bust. I mean, I feel like sometimes he um, maybe he kind of fixed it, but I think that's a deep dive we'll have to get into, but I like Mixon as a first round pick next year. Yeah. Let's rank these players really quick. Mixon, Eckler, Kamara, and Najee Harris. Let's just do, we'll do half PPR, Bobby. Well, the problem I have is number one, Najee is is that we don't know who the quarterback's mm-hmm. going to be. Uh, if it's Mason Rudolph, I don't want. I don't know how confident I'm going to be mm-hmm. in Najee. I know Big Ben is bad, but Big Ben is still better than Mason Rudolph. Yep. Um, Eckler is obviously the clear alpha of this group. Alvin Kamara has the role to be elite, but if it's Jameis Winston or Taysom Hill or whoever. Um, I don't know if I could put him up there with Eckler just yet. I think he's probably closer to what he was this year, um, but still very good. I mean, he's still averaging about 16 points per game in that format, and he's the safest. But I would actually take the upside of Mixon. So I'd go Eckler, Mixon, Kamara, Harris. As it stands right now, I agree with that. In full PPR, I'm going to go Eckler, Kamara, Mixon, Najee. Um, but I agree with that, uh, Bob. I think that's a good synopsis. And again, we have a long offseason. We'll get to all that stuff. Later on, we got a couple more from you, Beach. I did like your comments. I appreciate you sticking in. Godwin, we were mentioning uh, Allen Robinson to the Raiders. Godwin also on the franchise tag. That could be a nice one there, too. Uh, Brady for MVP. I'm going to lean Aaron Rodgers. Far less weapons, better touchdown to in, in, uh, interception completion. I know Brady's got the yardage and the touchdowns, but I'm actually going to lean Rodgers on that one there. And then you had one more in here. Oh, uh, Noah Fant. Is he a tight end one in Dynasty, Bob? It's a quarterback thing. Uh, we see with Teddy Bridgewater that they have too much talent and not enough volume to get to everybody because they have Patrick and Sutton and Judy and the running backs coming out of the backfield. There just wasn't enough volume to make Fant a t- like a consistent player. I'd rather have the Knox, the Goddards of the world in that scenario. Um, but I think because he's he's probably top twelve, uh, but it's not. It's an uninspiring tw- like ten to twelve range because. They need a quarterback. If they go get a Russell Wilson and Aaron Rodgers, or if they go out and get somebody uh, better than Bridgewater, then yes, I'll look forward to Noah Fant next year. Got it. And we got our last one here. Darnell Mooney 
who I had as one of my breakouts. I think a lot of people did on that Bears offense this year with Allen Robinson. Obviously, didn't work out with quarterbacks and everything else. Darnell Mooney or the new hotness, my man, the number one wide receiver over the last four weeks, Amon Ross St. Brown, the sun god from USC, comes into Detroit, no other weapons, dominates over the last month of the season, wins people championships. Who would you rather have going into Dynasty next year? Both teams teams with quarterback uh, upside, you know, quarterback questions, wide receiver questions, offensive questions. Very, very interesting question here by Beach, actually. Mooney or St. Brown in Dynasty? I, you know, um, yeah, I guess in a a full PPR format, I'd probably go St. Brown. Uh, Maybe in standard in half, I'd go Mooney. I think it's that close. I like Mooney a lot, though. I think Mooney, Allen Robinson will be officially gone. I'm going to lean Mooney overall. I think Allen Robinson, once he steps away, I'm interested to see what happens with the the Bears coaching staff. Who who comes in? uh, Is it? I don't think Matt Nagy comes back again, and I don't know who is going to step in, but Justin Fields and him started building something, and Fields starting looking more competent as the season progressed. I am a little concerned in the short term that they will have some turnover. Justin Fields will have to learn a new offense. There could be some stuff of the growth there. So I might lean on Monroe St. Brown in redraft next year because of the continuity. But um, overall, I think I like Mooney. I agree with you there. Beach, just a nice compliment here. Appreciate you guys answering my questions this season. It was very fun. I appreciate it. You are good people. Beach, it's been a blast having you in the comment section. I see some other folks in here as well. Everybody that's tuned into our Sunday live shows, you've hang out with us during the evening shows. Uh, you you contribute to our good sports uh, donations, our giveaways, whatever. It's been an absolute blast this season. It's been a long one for us. We've been rolling pretty hard since March. We're going to take some time off here this weekend. We're going to enjoy some football. We're not going to have a Sunday live show, so enjoy it. If you do have questions, please, if you do have questions, make sure you hit up Bob and I on Twitter, and you can hit up uh, myself at Sky Guasco or Bobby Lamarco on Twitter, and you can get our handles there. And you can message us any question you have. We'll get to as many as we can, but we're not going to do start sit this week. We got the boys getting the time off here with the new year, but happy belated holidays, everybody. Happy new year to everyone. 2022 is going to be even more fun. We're with you all off season. We might slow down a little bit to just a couple episodes a week going through the off season here with the playoffs, but we'll be back full tilt and you know, we're coming at you hard. Also, we've got some new things coming up this season that we didn't have last year. So stay tuned for that. Tell a friend or a family member. Make sure you follow us on all the networks here. Facebook, Twitch, Twitter, YouTube, at the Fantasy Focus Network. Also on YouTube, you can find the Fantasy Football Network, a bunch of independent channels, good friends of ours. And, of course, you can find us individually on Twitter, Bobby Lamarco and Sky Guasco. And hit the podcast in case you missed a live show over the season, the Candlestick Kids Fantasy Football Podcast. This episode and all episodes have been brought to you by the Bet Online your sports betting experts and the believe podcast networks, Bob, it's been an absolute blast, man. Best of luck to the giants. One more time. We'll see what happens. Hopefully the Niners can win and get in. We're excited about it, man. We'll be back uh, next week and throughout the playoffs with some DFS and uh, we'll have some fun, bro. Happy new year to you. And it's been an absolute blast. Yeah, man. Absolutely. Thanks for, uh, thanks for closing us out, Sky. I mean, it felt so good. I mean, you're like, Hey man, why don't you host? But I, f- I felt the juices flowing and I saw it in your face. You're like, I need to get in the driver's seat. I'm bubbling. I'm bubbling. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, we're not really slowing down, man. I, I actually thought about this the other day. I'm like, I'm probably going to want to talk football. <laughs> so, uh, I'm just saying we've been doing yeah, six yeah. episodes, six episodes a week for four months. 
I think we'll probably dial it back to one or two for a little bit, catch our breath, pick it back up. But once the NFL draft happens, though, free agent, man, the league season turns in March, uh, we'll be back with you. So a lot of season recap episodes on this show. That is where I we learn so much in the season recaps because we're just blazing all year long. Bob and I and the rest of the team will take more time to break it down for the season recaps. Be back for that. And uh, hopefully your team gets into the playoffs. If they're out already, look forward to next season. We'll be back with you, y'all. Happy New Year. We'll catch you next time. For my man, Bobby Lamarco, I am your host, Sky Guasco, and we are out of here. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.